the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. And welcome to the 4 o'clock hour of Bob Bernie Live. My telephone number is 877-BOB-LIVE. Uh, If you watch the daily news conferences back at the height of COVID here in the state of Ohio... There was one news reporter that constantly, well, got under the skin of our governor, and for good reason. His his uh, name is Jack Windsor. He is the founder of the Ohio Press Network and a correspondent for the Ohio Star, and it's a delight to have Jack on the program. Jack, welcome. Uh, Bob, it's an honor to be here with you in the uh, WRFD family. Thank you for choosing me today. Well, uh, tell me the the origins of both the Ohio Press Network and the Ohio Star. Give us a quick summary of of your background and how you got involved in journalism. (laughs) That's a great question. So uh, I actually spent about 20 years as a business strategist, and my job was to go into companies and help them identify how to get from point A to point B. Often that was, you know, creating more revenue, putting better people on the team, uh, things like that. Uh, And it was circumstantially, almost accidental, back around 2016, I got involved with a local independent online news agency in central Ohio, and my job was to help them grow. And in the process of working with them, uh, I fell in love with um, what the news was created to do. And that is to deliver to people stories and information that's meaningful, that helps them live their lives and uh, really steward over the power and money that they've given to elected officials. So um, I spent some time in the news business a couple of years, and uh, it wasn't until the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I was actually out of the business, almost entirely out of the news business. And uh, when Ohio's COVID response started happening, the strategy part of my brain went, wait a minute, here's the information here's the policy. Those things don't seem to match. Mm -hmm. And I got really loud on social media, frankly. And the owner of of a Mansell TV station uh, reached out to me and said, hey, why don't you go ask questions on behalf of our viewers and listeners? And I said, I'd be glad to. And uh, my life changed overnight because, as you mentioned, most other people were um, really just kind of serving back to the governor, Amy Acton and John Husted, the things that they were regurgitating. They weren't really being critical uh, in their assessment of policy. And I started doing that, and uh, and I blew up. Uh, and it, shortly it, after it, that— In many it, ways, it blew up. <laughs> in many ways, that's right. Actually, I'm glad you said that, because I was asked to be the managing editor of The Ohio Star. And uh, when I did that and left the TV station— uh, that I was doing the pressers for, um, the governor revoked my press pass. And so it became increasingly difficult for me to um, get meaningful questions Ohioans had to the governor, to uh, you know anyone that was dealing with uh, the pandemic. 
so fast forward, and uh, about a year ago, we founded uh, the Ohio Press Network, and my whole goal in doing that is to bring uh, to Ohio um, a watchdog mentality so that we can um, report to people what's going on with policies and politicians and people in Ohio that are, are shaping our everyday lives. So we've been at it for a year. It's been an incredible ride. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be here to tell you that well, story. I, I want to personally thank you for bringing your perspective to the news because it has been dramatically missing here in the state of Ohio. And thank you. Uh, before we move on, how can our listeners learn more about the Ohio Press Network? Oh, Bob, thanks for asking. If they go to theohiopressnetwork.com, um, they'll be able to read all of our stories. Um, but most importantly, I hope that they will sign up to be registered users of the site and sign up for our daily uh, news recap. And that will allow folks to continuously get in their email boxes uh, the meaningful news and information that other outlets are not reporting. in The, the Ohio Press Network. Aren't you glad that The Ohio State University didn't trademark The? <laughs> I'm delighted. I'm delighted. I, I felt really lucky. Uh, and that's what I say. I, say, I would usually say The, just like The Ohio State yeah. University. Uh, Jack, we're, we're going to run out of time here real quick. Um, yes. What happened to the red wave. I know that you focus primarily on Ohio, but you're well-connected yes. politically across the country as well. Yes. And all kinds of, of pundits have tried to analyze this. In your opinion, what happened to the mm -hmm. red wave that almost everyone was predicting? Well, I, there are a few things, and, you know, if we run out of time, stop me. The first thing is I think um, Republicans and conservatives really got their hopes up. Uh, maybe a, a month and a half prior to the general election, I think the general wisdom was Republicans will probably win the House, but not the Senate. You know, the, the, the Democrats will hold on to the Senate. <clears throat> and that started to flip a little bit as some of these polls came in. And, you know, Polls are really tricky, particularly in a really divided world uh, like we live. And sometimes people don't answer polls. They don't answer them accurately. Or sometimes they'll attract people um, that skew the polls. So I think part of it was um, conservatives really got their hopes up. Um, you know, the other part of it really is, uh, <laughs> and some people would argue this, for a long time, Republicans have said, listen, we're going to go to the polls. We're going to go the day of the election. We're not doing that early voting stuff, and we're not going to harvest ballots. We're going to do this the right way. Well, there are laws that, that allow you legally to harvest ballots, that allow you to vote early. And um, I think by not playing the game that Democrats play, I always use the example, if you just – if you're an old-time football coach that didn't like passing because, you know, only one of three good things can happen. You can mm -hmm. complete the pass, but you can throw an interception or an incompletion. So, you know what, we're just going to run. And that's kind of the mentality I think Republicans have had. And I think that hurts them because I think the Democrats have a system that they've had for about four decades. And they just, frankly, outwork them uh, down the stretch. And then, you know, the other part is I think um, sometimes the messaging um, that the Republicans, particularly in Senate races, used on some really hot topic issues 
um, might have cost them a little bit. One of those, unfortunately, is abortion. Uh, mm-hmm. The media has shaped the narrative on abortion right, and really right. been dishonest. They've said, look, the, the Supreme Court said you can't have an abortion. That's not what the court said. The court honored uh, the Tenth Amendment and said this is a state rights issue. Right. So I think if folks would have really stuck with that and said, hey, this is a state's rights issue. If you, This has nothing to do with the U.S. Senate uh, per se. So if you really want to fight that battle, uh, do that in your local state house or your, you know, your your uh, state state house. Um, I think those are the three biggest issues. Um, Every race, the other part is every race is different. Some candidates are, by by the way, Mike DeWine is not the most popular Republican, but his opponent was so awful that he won by a wide margin. (laughs) Well, and I I made the contention for a long time that the Democrats almost always are better at PR than the Republicans. They do a much better job of presenting their message as false mm-hmm. as it is, uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think the Republicans had a unified message in this election. We did not have a contract with America. We could have, but we didn't, mm-hmm. and we blew it. At least in my opinion, I got one minute. Uh, did, and we're talking with Jack Windsor, who is the founder of the Ohio Press Network. Jack. Is Ohio red or blue? I mean, we vote red mm. as a state, but all mm. of our major cities are deep blue. Are we an outlier in that across the country? No, I think a lot of major cities are uh, run by uh, what I would call leftists and Democrats, mm-hmm. um, which when you put it all together and combine it, Ohio might be purple. In certain, st- in certain parts of the state, particularly out west, it's really red. It's what we call red meat country. Yeah. But here's the other thing I'm going to say. I know we're out of time. <laughs> there is something that goes on in the Republican Party in the state of Ohio, and that's that you have what I would call soft Democrats who actually run as Republicans. And so, you know, you got to be careful because sometimes the R beside the name doesn't tell you how that person is going to vote or how that person thinks about government taxes and life. Yeah, very true. Jack Windsor, the founder of the Ohio Press Network. Check him out. Check out the Ohio Press Network as well as the Ohio Star. Jack, it has been far, far, far too long. We need to chat much more often. All right. Let's do it. You let me know when. God bless you. Thanks for having me today. All right. My pleasure. My pleasure. Jack Windsor, we will continue. Stay tuned. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. I keep reminding all of us that the uh, liberal left doesn't deal with facts, truth, statistics, rather feelings, emotion, and, if at all possible, hysteria. It's all about feelings and not about facts. I'm reminded of that from a Yahoo story posted today uh, talking about a recent Today Show, NBC Today Show. And it's fascinating because it is a repeat of a story written back in 2000. 12 concerning the tragic death of a couple's son 
through suicide. So it is an essay written by Linda Robertson, originally written back in 2012, three years after her son's death, and uh, reprinted by Yahoo News and re-featured again on the Today program. And it is a is a tragic story. It is a heart-wrenching story. And let me try to summarize it. A Christian couple, Bible-believing, church-going, and it seems like pretty conservative Christians, uh, with a six-year-old son, no, 12-year-old, forgive me, a 12-year-old son who tells them back in 2001 that he's gay. Well, the parents, you know, said, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Now, again, the boy is 12 years old. Are you sure? Yes, I know that I'm gay. And so the essay begins talking about how they tried to deal with their son's gayness. Uh, they encouraged him to go to church. They prayed with him. Uh, they had their youth pastor meet with him. They had their pastor meet with him. Uh, They told him that Jesus loved him no matter what, but basically he had to make a choice between Jesus and being gay. That was his choice. If he wanted to serve Jesus and love Jesus, then he had to reject his gayness, and there was nothing in between. Well, and, and again, it is a long story. It's 10 pages long, and again, it's heart wrenching. So they go through all of the things that they that they tried to do to pray the gay away, as you hear often. Well, when he when the boy became eighteen, the parents said he got mad at God because he knew he was gay. His parents said that he had to choose between Jesus and being gay, and so he got mad at God, and rather than choosing God. He chose alcohol and drugs. He became an addict, a serious addict. Uh, Coke, cocaine, uh, alcohol, all kinds of drugs. Um, It says Ryan started with weed and beer, but in six short months he was using cocaine, crack, and heroin. He was hooked from the beginning, and his self-loathing and rage at God only fueled his addiction. The story changes. They began by loving him, loving him, loving him, loving him. But Ryan, the son, chose to reject God. He made a conscious choice to reject God, hate God, etc., and went the drug route. So they didn't hear from him for quite some time, and then he came back and uh uh, he says, uh, do you still love me? I, I am gay. I will always be gay. I want you to meet my boyfriend. Uh, will you accept me with my boyfriend? Well, this time around, the parents say, of course, of course, of course. We love you no matter what. And if you got 50, she says, the mother says, we don't care if you have 15 boyfriends. We're just going to love you, love you, love you, love you unconditionally because God loves you unconditionally. Okay? Are, are you still following me? Well, things kind of went well for a time, and then he went back to the drugs. 
and the booze. And he became addicted again. And finally, he overdosed and died. I said it was suicide. It was what they don't think he was. It was suicide. It was an overdose of drugs and he died. So if you've been following the story, it was the drugs and the alcohol that destroyed him, not the Christianity, not the church. It was the son who rejected God's plan and says, I don't care about God anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do. And and yet, the whole story is, the headline, I tried to stop my son from being gay. I wish I hadn't. So the gist of the story is the whole reason was because of their Christianity and because of Jesus. That's the reason why. Well, as I read through the story, and I don't know these people, and again, I'm not diminishing how tragic this story is. But it was the drugs and the alcohol and the the wrong crowd that that their son hung around with he got they said he started hanging around with the wrong crowd and they were giving him drugs and so on and so forth that's what killed him because at the end his parents embraced his gayness they were proud of his gayness and yet they blame the church and christianity and God on the death of their son. Now, from reading the story, I don't think the facts bear that out. But it's an attempt to use deep, deep hurt and emotion for a leftist agenda. And, of course, the Today program is loving this story. Absolutely loving the story. It's a Yahoo News story. I tried to stop my son from being gay. I wish I hadn't. Trying to find blame where there was no real blame. Emotion, feelings, and if possible, hysteria. You're going to see more and more stories of this, although today had to go back to a story from 2012. 2012 to push their leftist agenda. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.